to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty. And Giuseppe Corallo. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Uh, today, in honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to be talking about Season 8, Episode 14 of Grey's Anatomy, entitled All You Need Is Love. Uh, as promised, we're also going to be talking some more about how TV shows are made and how COVID-19 has affected filming and production. So to start off, uh, Giuseppe, how are you? Well, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm full of love. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's Valentine's Day? I'm, yeah, for Valentine's Day. I mean, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And yeah, I'm curious. What are you going to do about, uh, what are you going to do tomorrow? Jasmine, what are your plans? Uh, my plans? Uh, probably eat Valentine's Day chocolate that I bought at the store. Um, <laughs> a friend and I might hang out. Um, but that's... Uh, that's about it. That's the extent of my um, Valentine's Day plans. Uh, what about yours? Well, I have to say your plans sound very good and and very romantic and very full of chocolate. I, I actually don't know yet. I'm a person who doesn't plan anything in his life and <laughs> I pay the consequences for it. So I still don't know. I hope that we uh, hi, uh, that my partner and, and hi can go to have a nice little lunch by the by the sea but I, i'm not sure i still don't know so i let you know i let you know i let everybody know when yeah. we come back well that sounds like fun i hope i hope you get to do that yeah let's hope so, let's <laughs> hope so. and i hope you don't eat too much chocolate <laughs> no but no, it's not good for your health yes no not too much not too much um i also love that it comes on sale this time of year because it's you know so so time sensitive and it all goes on sale. I love that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Now I have to say that I, I have to be honest, I'm, I love Valentine's Day, but at the same time, it's like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. So I'm very torn between loving it and being like, hmm, I don't care about it. <laughs> I like the idea, but I never do something big when uh -huh. he, the day arrives. It's like, hmm, it just goes away, slips by me. So yeah. Yeah, I never did something big for Valentine's Day. I never did something very a, a grand gesture or something very romantic. Maybe I'm not a very romantic person. I it's like I'm romantic when I watch TV shows, when I watch Grey's Anatomy, when I, when yeah. I watch my fictional couples getting their first kiss, and but I'm not very romantic in my private life. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Jasmine, apart from that, apart from all the love that we're talking about you promised everyone that you would tell us about how tv shows are made what happens when a tv show is filmed what's yeah. happening right now in the hollywood industry since now i mean has christopher north who's the showrunner of Grey's anatomy said they are reinventing the will so i'm very curious for for you to share with us um you know what what you looked at, what your research told you. Yeah, well, it's affected uh, filming in a number of ways. The first kind of, as you said, as as I think is evident uh, to, to everybody who watches, not just Grey's, but uh, uh, TV right now, is that, you know, it makes certain things like, for example, intimate scenes or things we would have to normally be in close contact, very difficult. So they have to find uh, creative ways to work around that. So that's kind of the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, I think we talked about this the last time this came up, but um, the rehearsals and the physical filming of scenes is very difficult. 
um, is a lot more challenging in that normally, you know, they do, you know, one or two or three, you know, rehearsals of a scene with the full cast and crew. So everybody's in the same room, uh, but, you know, they haven't done a table read previously. Um, whereas, you know, whereas now, you know, they have to do, they just put the crew into, you know, different sections. They each do their part. Then they got to bring in the cast in different sections. So, you know, something they could get done, you know, within a few minutes or a matter of hours normally, you know, is elongated because they're having to do everything in sections. I can't do it with everybody in the same room together. Um, so it also reduces the time uh, that, it, that, that they can physically film stuff uh, because the rehearsals and the crew setup takes longer that is sanitized between each take. Uh, the cast and crew can't sit near each other. They have to be separated when they're not filming. Um, they can't eat. Um, you know, normally in like your, you know, in your green room or you're, you're off to the side waiting for your cue um, or for your scene to come up, you would be able to eat and talk with your castmates and be close to them. Now they have to be separated. They can't eat. Uh, not that they're not eating during the day, but that it's, you know, it's um, the normal kind of snack breaks, that kind of thing they would be able to do. They can't. Um, yeah. And we saw that by, by the pictures that the actors are sharing uh, mm -hmm. from the set. They are all by themselves and, and they're separated. From each other and they have to eat alone well i think yeah it's, it's it's very sad if you think about it because it's like it's like these actors uh, can talk to each other while while on pose which is sad but of course it, it's understandable why they have to act the way they act of course yeah and, and what about the stand because i read that you know usually to <clears throat> to film a TV show, it takes uh, a nine, 12 hour days. So I suppose that this, uh, I mean, changed also the, um, the, the days of the shooting, that there, there are more days they have to shoot now, right? Because everything takes longer. Yeah, well, so um, they normally film uh, 12 hour days, which most TV shows do, and they mostly film. It takes normally between nine to 12 days to film a show. So that's, you know, five days, Monday to Friday, then they're off on weekends, normally, uh, with some exceptions sometimes, and they come back and then it's Monday, Friday. So, you know, it takes them two weeks to film an episode, 12 hour days. Uh, but due to COVID-19, you know, having to be physically um, separated by, you know, uh, six feet, three meters kind of a thing. And, you know, all the extra rehearsal time, they're now doing 10 hour days, uh, but they still have to maintain that schedule. Otherwise, the shows can't go out uh, on time for the networks. So, yeah. Rather than it actually taking them more time to film a single episode, it act, what it actually means is that they have to film in the same number of days, but there's less time for each take of each scene. So in the past, when you know they're filming a scene, you know they do, um, you know they they might do hundreds of takes of a of a single scene. They have a certain amount of time to get it, and whatever they get is what they get. And if it's not like if it doesn't, they run it back and it doesn't look good. They either have to cut the scene or just work with what they have, um, you know, and I think you're seeing the impacts of that because, you know, I know I felt this way. There have been certain episodes of the show uh, this season where I felt like I was missing something, like there was a deleted scene or something we didn't we didn't see. And I I think that's part of it. The other thing, too, is that um, because the the filming, the amount of time they can film is reduced, the writers are being asked to look at their scripts and be like, OK, what do you think? you know, what do you think is going to wind up being cut in editing from this episode and cutting it from the script to begin with? Yeah. Um, and having to make choices. And I think that's tough because sometimes, sometimes you watch an episode and you go, okay, they nailed that. Like, 
yeah, you know, there, there's stuff they call they could have added to it, but you know, that was great. And other ones you look at and you go, okay, I feel like stuff was cut from this episode due to time and filming that I felt like, you know, could have been included. Like, I feel like I wish we'd gotten more here. Um, and that's a very uh, tough call to make, you know, look at a script and be like, what's going to wind up being cut? You know, it, it's a tough, uh, I think it's a really tough call to envision that. Yeah, and, and I read this interview by Krista Vernoff and, and she said that, you know, I think it was uh, to Variety and she said something like that this, of course, changes the tone of the show, it changes the pacing of the show. And I think it's true, as you said, you, as you just said, you know, characters disappear during in some episodes, for example, Meg Widow, or, um, or, or something they changed a lot because of COVID is that since they have to write less scenes, they tend to write longer scenes, which yeah. result in longer dialogues and longer conversation. And we have seen this during this season. Mm -hmm. um, for example, in the scene between Betty and, and Maggie talking about their, their mothers. And I think it's uh, interesting in a way how COVID has affected the, the storytelling. And in some ways it, it, it has made it more powerful, but at the same time it has, yeah, as you said, it just, something had to be cut. And sometimes this is at the expense of some character's backstory or, or, or air time. And another example is um, Amelia and Owen, when, when they're operating, you know, there's quite a long scene where the two of them are operating. You see longer scenes with, you know, two characters or fewer characters, you know, like if you look at, you know, previous seasons, there are many, many scenes in which the entire cast or like you have 15, 20 people um, in a scene, or you've got 10 to 12 people in a scene or standing in the same, you know, not, you know, in the same hallway or in the same area. And now um, you, you obviously can't have that anymore for safety. So you get longer scenes with fewer actors or, you know, you, they're separated, you know, by glass or by, you know, they're in protective equipment. And so, yeah, that's definitely having uh, an impact. And to kind of speak to their rehearsal point, um, I just want to double check this before I said it. Um, but yeah, so rehearsals right now for Grays have to be repeated five times because of social distancing. That's um, a lot. Five times. That's five really times. And uh, normally when they call cut, there's a turnaround of, uh, of two minutes. Now it's a turnaround time of 15 because I have to sanitize everything they touch. Oh, God. So five, so five rehearsals for each scene, 15 minutes of turnaround, 10 hour days, and they still only have 10 days to, uh, to film each episode. Um, and like I said, like one of the, the downsides of that is if they don't get something or like, you know, when they're, they're filming, they think it looks great. And then they look at it in the editing bay and realize like, you know, when they're running the tapes back, if it doesn't look right, or, you know, like the boom might gotten the shot or one person looks great, the other person look, doesn't look very good. You know, they have to make decisions about like, do we keep this scene? Do we cut it? Um, if they run out of time to film something, they just, they can't film it because, you know, if an actor has gone home for the, for the day or, you know, they've run out of time to film something, they can't ask them to, normally you just ask them to come back, right? Like, oh, redo the voiceover, redo the scene. Um, but if they've gone home or if they've run out of time, you know, they can't ask them to, you know, basically re-sanitize and retest and put them through that for a single scene. It's too much work. Uh, it's too much work and it's too much of a safety risk. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. And I, I was actually thinking about, you know, cutting scenes and the, the possibility of doing so. But I was thinking that the Grey's Anatomy Twitter account a um, few months ago shared a clip from episode three of this season. It was a scene between uh, uh, Levi and, and Elm. Um, and they were talking about how the pandemic had affected their love life, or should I say their sex life. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a, a, a scene which was cut actually from the episode. So mm -hmm. maybe they were at the beginning, uh, they were uh, the first phase of that, of that stage and they were trying to figure out how to do it. And, you know, maybe they still hadn't realized the thing, you know, the things had to be cut. So, no, because I was thinking, you know what, I was thinking, oh, so this means based on what you're saying, this means that uh, we won't get deleted scenes this year. And then I, I, I thought about that deleted scene. So I think that sometimes even the writers, even though they know that how much time they have and they, they, they cannot waste any more time, uh, at the same time, maybe sometimes they just, they don't realize it. They, they don't realize it properly because it is a new world for, for them. Oh yeah, for, all for, for sure. And like we, there was a, an extended scene of Bailey and, um, uh, Bailey and Maggie talking that that was uh, released on the Grey's Anatomy uh, Twitter account a little while back when they're talking about their moms. So yeah, that, that doesn't mean that there aren't deleted scenes this season. Of course there are. Um, it just means that, you know, they're cutting things out of the script to try to anticipate that. And then they're shortening scenes or cutting scenes still from from the episodes because you know they film everything and they realize you know the episode can only be so many minutes because of you know advertising and because of the block um like the amount of time it's blocked in the abc schedule so when they put that all together you know they're still having to cut stuff so there's still are deleted scenes but what it means is, is more content is cut than in previous seasons because prior to this you know they would write a script all of it would be filmed and then they would look at it and be like okay what do we have to cut for time or because it doesn't look right or whatever whereas now they're cutting stuff you know they're writing the script being like okay what do i think is going to be cut cutting at that stage filming it filming what they can and then looking at it and being like okay what do we have to cut now to make the time so more content is being cut than before um yeah. because of that so yeah there are still deleted scenes it's just that there's I guess there's more content that we never get to see because it's it's written and then it's taken out before it's ever filmed. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that is that is uh, what's going on right now. And the other thing too is that Grey's and it was trying to show the pandemic and its impact on hospital workers uh, realistically, um, mm -hmm. which is as much as I'm feeling the COVID fatigue, I do think it is is important to to be realistic. Um, and to show what people are going through. Yeah, you know what about COVID fatigue? I think that right now we feel the COVID fatigue, but when we will look back at this season a few years from now, mm -hmm. maybe we won't feel that fatigue and it will be just a testament of what happened during this horrible time, you know? So yeah. I, I think we feel the fatigue right now because we're living in it, but I think Grey's Anatomy did the right thing by tackling this, this issue head on. It had to be done. It is important. Yeah, and the another thing I think that some people might not know is that um, you know they they considered not not addressing it or just addressing it in a minor way, and that one of the reasons they chose to was that you know that the medical writers on the staff and the the medical professionals that that you know that they bring in every year to tell them their stories. You know these stories are very emotional. 
Um, they were obviously traumatized by this. You know, the, the medical stories they were sharing were were all either related or impacted by COVID. So they couldn't, they realized they couldn't do it in a minor way because all the stories they were being given from real, from real medical professionals were related. And it's forever changing medicine. Like it's not just this is a pandemic, and then when the pandemic stops things go back to the previous protocols from at least from the things I've read, um, you know, from the medical advisors that work on the show and stuff, you know, uh, you know, this is forever changing medicine. So they've realized that because they're not, they're now wearing masks in like hallways and stuff, like not just in the ORs, um, but in hallways and in like patients' rooms and stuff. Um, the rate of infection for diseases that normally like you would contract in a hospital that get transferred that they just kind of always, it was just kind of presumed that that was normally, you know, the normal kind of infections you pick up. Those have dropped like a rock. So they're realizing the increased mask wearing is helping. So there's no reason yeah. to go back to not doing it if it's saving lives. Um, and so this is forever changing um, how hospital staff um, Can I say something about it? I, I, of course, yeah, it's true. It's, it's, the medicine will change forever and i think that you know in the hospitals doctors will have to wear masks masks all the time even when the, this virus this terrible virus will uh end its course but i hope the great anatomy decides to go another way decides to take another approach because yeah of course as i said it it, it was important to deal with this stuff in a realistic way but I don't necessarily want them to be realistic about the aftermath. When it's all done, I want the shot back to its sexy and, and, and funny and, uh, you know, and funny way. So yeah, I I'm not hope... saying that that's, that it's gonna no, go away. No, 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 I know, I know, I, I was, no, I was, I know that what you said, I'm just talking, I'm just saying that I really hope that in the future, they will decide, okay, we have approached reality, we have faced reality, now let's go back to fantasy land. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah. I my my prediction for for I for next season, which I think will likely be the last, um, is that, you know, like like to talk about the masks, you know, I think, you know, the wearing of masks obviously in 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 the ER, sorry, in the OR and in hallways and stuff and around pages, I think that will remain. But in terms of the show, you know, when I think my hope would be that, okay, we see them wearing masks, you know, around patients and when operating, um, which makes sense, but that they would probably take them off, you know, when they're just talking to their colleagues or their friends or their family or like other workers when they're not around patients. I think that would allow them to be realistic, but also, you know, um, take off the mask and for us to see their faces. So that would be um, my guess, you know, if everybody was able to get works on the show was able to get vaccinated you know i think that the kind of sexy fun silly um those storylines could really come back if they if that was yeah. possible so um yeah i think I, I can't see why they wouldn't i mean i don't i'm not sure what the advantage would be so i'm you know i'm, I'm confident i think that that will come back in time yeah let's hope so let's hope so and you yeah. say something interesting you said that you think season 18 will possibly be the last season and i agree with you i yeah. um i don't know if you <clears throat> have actually read or listened to a, a new interview from uh jesse williams and he was asked if this was going to be the last season and he said oh i hope not because a show as important as grace needs a great ending needs a great parade so i really think that you know season 18 might be the last 
At the same time, the other day, Patrick Dempsey said something very strange during an interview. He was asked if he would come back for season 18 and he said, oh, you have to wait for the coming weeks to see what really happens because something interesting will happen. Do you mm. think he was hinting at the end? I, I I don't know. I I mean, the reason I say that I think next season will be the last is because from comments people made previously during season 16, it kind of sounds to me like season 17 was supposed to be the last, especially with the kind of storylines they set up. But then COVID hit and it's like, well, it would be depressing to go out on a COVID note. So I, I, I think 18 will probably be the last because I feel like they were gearing up uh, for that for this season and now they don't want it to go out on a COVID note so they want to go on a happy note like not a healthy maybe not happy is the wrong word but like like he said celebratory like yeah. a good way um yeah so like I, like in a way that the story is not dictated by the virus yes yeah, so I feel that um if they were able to film more normally um next season even just for the second half of the season um, you know, if, if they were able to gradually um, return to some kind of normalcy that would allow them to do film the way they had in the past. Um, yeah, I think that would be a good time to to wrap things up. Um, because for a lot of the characters, as much as I love the show, I think they've kind of reached, they've reached the pinnacle, you know, when you are yeah. the best you can be at what you do. Th- th- where do you go from there? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I agree. I completely agree with you. I, I think that the show is, yeah, I, I agree. I, I want an ending right now. As much as I love this show, I think that... And, it, and, and as we said before, actually, season six, season uh, 16 had the perfect setup to for season 17 to be the perfect final season. Yeah, which I think uh, is what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was what they were doing. So let's hope that they can continue um, doing this in on season 18. Yeah, because I feel like season 17 has been like a little bit of a filler right now because if you think about their personal lives mm-hmm. not much happened it's like Meredith is in a coma uh, uh, Jackson and and Joel sometimes they, they kiss and they have sex and and Maggie uh, you know is on the phone with when we see <laughs> all the time and and Teddy you know when still don't speak to each other so yeah it's like it, it's one big filler I think they're taking time you know, because they, they want, I think they still have that, the same finish line story-wise, but they're taking time together because of COVID. Yeah. And I think too, that, I mean, something I read was, uh, I've read multiple things that said this, but that like, you know, like a lot of people, I have to, I wasn't one of these people, but I know a lot of people were who said that, you know, um, basically, you know, the plot line with Meredith contracting COVID and her being bedridden, it sounds like the original plan was to wrap that up by the mid-season point, and they were hoping that things were going to have improved enough to be able to move on from that storyline. But because the numbers rose and they had to pause filming in January and stuff, and so basically because things got worse instead of better, I think a lot of us were hoping that things were going to get better as the fall wore on, and it didn't. It got better in some cases, but worse than others. Um, they've had to kind of adapt and really put a lot of storylines on hold. I feel like because you know, they keep, they keep gearing up for stuff. And then it's like crumbs, the, the numbers have, have skyrocketed again. We got a pot, like, you know, it, it's impacting what they can do. So I feel like it's on, a lot of stuff is on hold until they're able to, to, to film and, and, and do what they, what they were trying to do. 
um, which is which is nobody's fault. I mean, it just is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. I think that that is actually what's happening right now. I think I think Meredith was supposed to, you know, to be awake by the end of episode, by the end of the mid-season finale, by the yeah. end of six, and then things changed. I think if COVID hadn't worsened, I think we would have seen the last scenes between Derek and Meredith mm-hmm. uh, in December. But that didn't happen because, of course, Ellen Pompeo needs to stay in that bed and on that beach, especially. So, yeah, yeah, which I get, which I get. Yeah. And I saw that she's back on set, actually, and, yeah. and she paused from set the other day. So mm-hmm. and she had a new haircut, which was great. Did you see it? No, I did not see it. Oh, my God. You have to see Jasmine. Uh, it's, it's very, very beautiful. And she looks stunning, stunning. Um, uh, yeah, I, I maybe I, we can we can share the pictures with uh, with our listeners on Instagram, and um, and yeah, it was it was she's back on set, so let's hope she, she's not gonna be on that beach for much longer. <laughs> yeah, and, and something I want to say is I I think a lot of other fans felt this way, and I know we touched on this on our episode on the mid season finale, but I think. I think we a lot people were expecting a lot of things out of those episodes that that didn't wind up coming. And I think what happened is they were all set up to be like, you know, see the last scenes between Meredith and Derek on the beach. I, I, for that story to wrap, I think that was the plan. I know that yeah. um, Shonda Rosen, who plays Miranda Bailey, mentioned something uh, about that in an interview where she said, you know, that that plan had to change because of the COVID situation. And I think that they're holding that stuff, you know, for the second half because they're like, okay it's not safe for us to wrap this storyline yet. We have to kind of hold off until it is. So uh, yeah, I, I do think that that's, that's what happened. And um, I'm hoping things both improve in the world and on the show uh, soon um, for, yeah. for everyone. Let's hope, so. Let's hope so. Well, on this note, we should, as we said, tomorrow is Valentine's Day and you're gonna eat chocolate. I hope to be on the beach. Not Meredith Beach, but still. <laughs> and we decided to rewatch. I mean, it was your suggestion, actually. We and you proposed to rewatch episode 14 of season eight of Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. which is called All You Need Is Love, which aired. When did it air, Jasmine? Do you remember uh, the date? What was the date on this? Uh, give me one time. Oh, 2012. 2012. Okay. Yeah, it was 2012. Different. Time. And it was. It was a Valentine's Day episode. So what do you think? What did you think of that episode? I loved it. I really I really like this one. It's one of it's one of I think the the two episodes that the Grace did that focused on Valentine's Day. Um I loved it. It was full of romance and and mostly joy. Uh mostly joy. Um Meredith and Derek uh were very cute because they're trying to spend uh Valentine's should, should Day. Should we do the 30 seconds recap? Hmm? As usual. Oh, of the, of the episode? Yeah. Okay. One second. One second. Alrighty. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to time me? Yes, I will. Okay. Let me know uh, when you're ready. Go 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 go. Okay. Uh, so it's Valentine's Day, and Meredith and Derek are trying to have a night to themselves. Uh, so Lexi offers to babysit Zola. Uh, Callie hands over babysitting duties uh, to Mark so she can surprise Arizona with a romantic evening. Um, and Ben does something very sweet for Bailey um, for Valentine's Day and proves that he knows her better than she thinks. 
Uh, ER is filled with romantics. Um, Alex treats a little girl who had an allergic reaction to some chocolates that her Valentine's Day, uh, Valentine gave her. I'm guessing I'm time. <laughs> 24. No, you're not. 24 seconds. Okay, that, that's good. That, that's good. Yeah, that's great. You, you, you're great, Jasmine. You're always on time. 24 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. So, so okay. So, yeah, you were saying about Meredith and Derek. Yeah, they have a beautiful beginning of the episode. They open the episode. Yes, they open the episode. And their plot is um, they're trying to have like a romantic evening to themselves and have sex um, because they've, they've adopted Zola by this point. And, you know, they're having a hard time finding a moment alone between work and the baby. And so Lexi offers to babysit. And I have to say, it includes one of my favorite Lexi moments, which is when she's holding Zola and she's carrying her around the house to, to suit her. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. And, and then she picks her up. And she's like, she's trying to figure out what to do about Mark because she's in love with him and she wants to tell him, but she's not sure if she should. And she's like, what should I do, Zola? What should I do? And she makes like the funny <laughs> face. She's like, nah, and she's holding her. Yeah, yeah. I, love it. I uh, love it. That's very funny. Yeah, yeah. It's very joyous, as he said. Yes. And, and very heartbreaking if you think how it all ends. Yes, and I love I loved the relationship between Zola and Lexi. She's the only one of Meredith and Derek's children that Lexi actually gets to meet and know. And you know, as we find out later, um, Lexi was actually Zola's legal guardian in case something happened to Meredith and Derek, um, which makes Meredith very distraught years later when she realizes that they have to change it. Um, they were very close. And uh, I love the relationship that they had and the fact that she wants to be a brain surgeon. Like I, I you know, Lexi would have been an amazing teacher. They were very close. So I love their, um, their relationship, even though we didn't get to, to see it for very long. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I loved it. Yeah. Well, I, I too loved it. I think it was a very funny episode. And, uh, you know, the fact that, for example, that all the hospital is uh, degraded with hearts, it really, you know, sets the tone for the episode. Mm -hmm. And as I said, I, I think that the first scene between Meredith and Derek is one of my favorites ever because it is a long scene. It is funny. It is sexy. And um, and there is one of my favorite line lines from Meredith when <laughs> when she's with Derek and she says, I can't do it in front of the duckies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. you know, there are like it's on the bathtub and then yeah. they're trying to have sex at the beginning of the episode so yeah it's very funny and also this is an era of the show with great couples they mm -hmm. like the hit couples you know Meredith yeah. and Derek Christina and Owen Kali in Arizona Lexi and Mark and they all play off each other so beautifully mm -hmm. that it's it's you know it's very it's very sweet and also you know also bittersweet when you think about how it all ends between Christine and Owen, between Meredith and Derek, between mm -hmm. Kalinda Arizona, especially between Lex and Mark. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's also, uh, I love this episode also because of its funny moments, you know? Yeah. Uh, for example, <clears throat> when Arizona and Mark, they're, they're fighting because, you know, Arizona <laughs> wants to spend uh, a special evening with Kali and Mark wants to spend a special evening with, uh, with Julia. And they like, they do rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Yeah. To decide uh, which one of them uh, takes the baby. And, and Jackson is Mark's wingman. And I think that is a funny scene. And I think it's a very interesting dynamic. And, and it's also the kind of dynamics that we don't see much often right now. So I really miss those moments, not just about those characters, also those kind of feelings, those kind of moments. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was it was a very powerful episode. Oh, and I loved 
that even though the Meredith and Derek are like the center of the episode to try to spend their evening together, at the same time, I love that at the end of the day, Bailey and Meredith got to spend the Valentine's Day together, you know, treating a patient with teratoma, which is a very uh, rare tumor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you like the interaction between Bailey and Meredith? Yeah, I did. I, I, yeah, I thought they had an interesting uh, dynamic. And since, you know, at this point in the show, you know, like, I mean, in the current season, you know, they're both, um, they're both attending, you know, surgeons. Um, yeah. We're at an earlier point in the show where, you know, um, she's bringing stuff to her and they're talking about it. Yeah. So even though it was kind of one of those, they both wanted to go for Valentine's Day. Um, they got this very rare case and they got to help this woman. Yeah, I, I thought that was a very interesting story, and especially because, you know, they were they were debating. They're like, you know, did we just sterilize this poor woman for no reason if, if this isn't it? Uh, and my heart broke for that woman. But then they did figure out what it was and they did find it. And they did save her life. And um, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was great. Yeah. And also the, the fact that Ben takes the dinner to the hospital. You know? I know. Oh, he's so, so sweet. Ben. Ben is so so sweet. He's, he's he's like the best. Ben is the best, actually. Best. He gets Miranda completely, and she's surprised by it because in her previous marriage, her husband didn't get her. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, Ben is like the perfect, the perfect husband. Yeah, and this is something that Amy and I were watching this, rewatching this episode together. And she goes, yeah, like, oh, like Ben must have dropped like a lot of money on making that happen because not only <laughs> is it this beautiful setup and there's a like a, a waiter just there to wait on them, but according to both Ben and Bailey, the time changed multiple times. Which means she's he's at this guy on standby in the cafeteria like all day, and yeah. like he didn't, you know. And I mean, at this point. I couldn't remember. I, I'm not. I can't remember where Ben is in his career. But regardless, that would have been a lot of money, a lot of time to set that up. And he just wants to make Bailey happy. And I just, I just, oh, my heart. I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they're very, very beautiful. You know that. Now that I, when I rewatched the, the, their scenes, I'm like, yeah, they're, they are, they're the sweetest. And if you think that you know later in the show when when he builds our that house, that the tree, tree house, house, yeah. He's, he's really the sweetest, you know. He is. Yeah. I hope nothing bad happens to them, ever. I thought Callie and Arizona's uh, date storyline was very kind of funny and, and cute. And the surprise ending that Callie's like, yeah, I know you hate camping. So we're not going camping. We're going to the trailer. And the, the kind of lead up storyline that was very funny. Yeah, which reminded me of Jackson and Maggie and their camping trip. Yeah, yeah. Very different camping trip, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Cali, Cali in Arizona had the better version of it, of course. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. But something else I liked is that you get a really great Alex storyline this episode, where the girl comes in and she's uh, so that there's a little boy, and him and this little girl are like quote in love, and he's gotten her a box of chocolates, but he doesn't realize she's allergic to peanuts until she has an allergic reaction. And so the moms are fighting because they don't like each other very much. And so Alex has to step in because the little boy doesn't want to leave his Valentine. And so like the moms are freaking out. And so, you know, not only does he save this girl's life and is he like, his bedside manner is amazing. He's great. But he sits down with the little boy because he doesn't want to leave. And he's like, okay, how about you, you know, you tell me what you want to say to her and I'll, I will tell her. And then he writes and he's like, well, you're going to need a pen and, and paper. And he writes down the whole thing. And then he says it to, to the patient. And oh, 
that was just it was sweet and it was silly and it was kind of corny and it was funny yeah. and oh i loved it yeah yeah it was you, you're right it was a corny episode but it was <laughs> a yeah it, we should be more corny on Valentine's <laughs> day yeah. jasmine we should yeah mm -hmm. we really should about being corny there is one thing that i didn't like about this episode i think that i actually did remember Christina begging Owen. Oh my God, I hated that scene because I completely get what's going on. That Christina wants to be forgiven. She feels like she wants, she needs forgiveness, even though she, she doesn't need forgiveness, actually. Mm -hmm. And Owen is being an ass during this episode because he's not talking to her. And, and at the end of the episode, when, when Christina begs him to not go away, for him to not to go away, I thought that was heartbreaking knowing how much it cost Christina to say those words. Christina, don't do that. Don't do that. Just just don't. I, I didn't remember that scene. And as much as I tend to defend, to defend Owen, because I don't think he's the worst, in this episode, he was actually the worst. I mean, he was hard. Of course, he was hard. So I get him. But he was the worst to her. Not speaking to her and then announcing her that he was going to leave their home. No, that, that, that's not good. Come on. Yeah, I, I felt like the whole Teddy, Owen, Christina storyline was just an angry sandwich of three <laughs> angry people not like either just not talking to each other and then exploding at each other. So that was the one kind of down on this episode. Everybody else is all about love and candles and chocolates. And these three are like, Rah. so um, that was the only kind of downer. And I think yeah. I, I think for me because I, like I, I'm always I'm obviously caught up to the current season I know how that stuff ends I think that made it extra heartbreaking because you you know like I know at this point that you know Christina and Owen wind up divorced they can't make it work that Teddy and Owen you know um do eventually get together but then they split up um and so even though I was never into either of those pairings knowing that like they're obviously in turmoil in this episode and knowing that basically like they're not still in turmoil, but like these problems are still problems this many seasons on. I think that made it um, extra heartbreaking. So that was, I think, yeah, that was the kind of the, the only downer part of the episode, I guess. Yeah, it was a way, I mean, that it was typical Grace as well, you know, not corny, yes, but at the same time going in the opposite direction. It's the day of love and these people are hating on each other mm -hmm. all day long. And there is that funny scene in the, um, O, uh, or mm -hmm. when that there is the intern i don't remember his name maybe steve i don't know i don't yeah. remember it wasn't around and he, yeah and he, he asked them uh, to owen and teddy and christina what their valentine's day <laughs> plans are and there and teddy explains the situation to him like okay i hate owen because he didn't tell me about my husband dying uh, Christina and Owen cannot get along because you know she doesn't want a child and and she doesn't want a, she doesn't want a baby and he does and it's like a very funny moment and it reminded me of the awkwardness that we often uh, witness during the these <laughs> OR scenes you know yeah and it was one of those like read the room because he's like she says that and he's like oh and then you know he starts talking about like the pen him and his girlfriend have and they just look at him like no like read the room. This is not the audience. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which I thought was very funny. Um, the other thing I didn't, you know, I didn't remember in terms of the timeline that scene at the end, talking about heartbreak. 
um, where Bailey is trying, you know, is complaining to Richard and trying to get out uh, to go home to, to be with to Ben and go to dinner. And, you know, at the beginning of the episode, Lexi and Richard have that funny scene where, you know, he's she, she's talking about, you know, how much he's saying how much he loves Valentine's Day. He's going to get up early to go see to spend his anniversary with his wife because his anniversary is on Valentine's Day. And then Lexi makes that joke. We're like, I'm not hitting much of anything these days. And then she oh, goes, yeah. And then I didn't remember that Adele had gotten sick by this point because at the end, Richard says, you know, Bailey's complaining to Richard and he says, I'll take it. And she's like, no, sir, it's your anniversary. And he goes, my wife doesn't, he explains that she doesn't remember who he is. And my yeah. heart broke for him. The poor man. Yeah. No, I actually remember this because uh, one of my underrated episodes from our like, late last episode was about, uh, I chose episode 12 of season eight. Mm-hmm. And there was that scene of um, Richard and, and Adil singing My Funny Valentine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember it. And it was, yeah, it was very heartbreaking for Richard not to have that person with him anymore yeah yeah and I also loved the the moment of kind of friendship between Bailey and 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 Richard where she's like no no sir I'm so sorry like I shouldn't be complaining and he's like no like I'll, you go you go be with with Ben I'll I'll take this in what does he say he says something like you know I just really need to be like alone with like with like an appendix or something right now like a bowel <laughs> or whatever it is and so I loved it was heartbreaking but I love the camaraderie um between Bailey and, and and Richard, I've always loved their relationship, their mentee kind of mentor relationship. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it was also nice to see, like I I love Christina and Meredith's friendship as well. So it was nice to see those nice small moments of friendship where you know Christina is is talking about how she feels and and Meredith is is trying to support her. Um, I love that, and I'd forgotten that there was a whole plot in this season in which Lexi keeps trying to tell Mark how she feels and then she finally does and then Mark is thinking about it when the plane crash happens. I remembered like I remembered how that ended I remember that being a thing but I forgot how much of a plot like that it was a several episode plot this season and so a long time yeah so I loved it but I was also like oh because you know what's gonna happen you're like oh my gosh just say it Lexi. Yeah, let's say Lexi. Yeah, that's why Marx then gives that speech to Jackson at the beginning of season nine when he says, "You, how, how is it? It's like you have to tell the person you love that you love her when you have the time, or something like that." I mean, yeah, you say what he has. Um, you say, um, you know, if you if you love somebody, you tell them. You say it. You yeah. say it loud, and you go from there. Even if it's going to yeah. mess your whole life up. Exactly. That is why, because they spent all season eight not saying to each other how much they meant to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a good episode, Jasmine. And you know, before we wrap it up, maybe we shouldn't. You know, this time we shouldn't do our favorite quote. We should, since it's Valentine's Day, we should say what our favorite love declaration on the show is. Uh-huh. You go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, you go first. Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't prepared. I don't know if I have one. Um, off the top of my head. Um, oh gosh, I love. I mean, okay, I, I guess I'll go to. For most dramatic, I would say when Jackson stands up at April's wedding, but for oh my God. Yeah. yeah, but for the one I probably like the speech I love the most is probably when Derek 
Does it as elevator proposal to Meredith? Those would be mine. Yeah, yeah that, these are good choices. Uh, uh, my favorite ones are the, you know, the Lexi, I love you to Mark. <laughs> the, the end of season eight, when he, mm -hmm. she says to him, I'm infected by you. I mean, you're not the right person for me, but I'm infected by Mark Sloan. And I, I'm <laughs> and her voice breaks down and she, she's amazing. She's amazing in that scene. Mm -hmm. And then there is another moment between Meredith and Eric, which I love very much, which is not a declaration of love. But at the same time, it is a declaration of love. It's at the end, uh, it's in the season three finale when, you know, Meredith is constantly trying to get away from Derek. And he says to her, you know, if you're not in this, please put me out of my misery. Mm. Don't drag me along. And I think that is a very powerful moment that they have because Meredith doesn't respond to him right away because she she's waiting for her best friend's wedding, Christina, Christina's wedding with Bert, to go well because that would mean that there is the possibility of an happy ending, you know? And I think that is a very heartbreaking scene. Mm -hmm. Her being vulnerable and not being able to share her her, her, not her weakness her fragile side with Derek and Derek being there telling her you know I'm in this please are you in this too I think it's a very powerful scene mm -hmm. yeah it is for sure yeah Alrighty. Okay. Uh, I think it's time to wrap this up um, so we are going to be taking a break for a few weeks and we will be back um, when season 17 uh, returns in March Season 17 returns on March 11th. So mm -hmm. we will be back around that time. Yep. And uh, yeah, that, that's our show. Um, so if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, like, like, rate, and review our show. And tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McCloyd. You can find us on Twitter at DanceDoubtPod and on Instagram at DanceDoubtGraysAnatomy. Until next time, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Giuseppe. And this is Dance It Out. A Grey's Anatomy podcast. <laughs>